Dan Perkins Media proudly presents Moms Across America, a program where women can speak their minds openly and freely without fear of reprisal. Moms Across America is about the issues of the day confronting America from a mom's point of view. And now, here are the moms. All right. Uh, welcome to Moms Across America. Our host, Vicki Tonkins, is not with us this week as she's embroiled in the ongoing uh, primaries coming across the nation in her state. Um, but I am here, your co-host, Annie Ubelis, along with my <clears throat> other <laughs> mom, shall we call him? <laughs> <laughs> the producer of our show, Dan Perkins. And we want to encourage everyone out there to go out and get a copy of their constitution. They should know it. And pass it on to your friends, family, your kids, your neighbors. And you can get a free copy by going to ashbrook.org forward slash constitution. That's ashbrook.org forward slash constitution. Get it, learn it, and know it. Because your yes. rights depend upon it. You know, it's interesting about if, you have, if you've never read the Constitution, our listener out there, and you get the pamphlet from Ashbrook, it's really pretty easy to read. It's not like a law that's 2,300 pages long. It's pretty straightforward. And when you want to talk about succession or you want to talk about Article 25, if the president can't function, it's like four sections and, and they're not hugely long. So the, the framers set up a process of keeping it simple because I believe they wanted to have the individual be able to read it and understand what was going on. And we, you're right, we need a lot of people to begin reading the Constitution because there are people who are abusing it. So we're going to talk about a couple of things today. We're going to start off by talking about what's going on in Massachusetts and now Michigan, where the government wants you to give up your spare room or apartment or suite to house illegal immigrant family members. In addition to that, not only housing them, you have to go to the airport, pick them up, take them around the city to the various agencies that are gonna provide money and benefits for them, then bring them home, feed them, and take care of them, and trust that you aren't bringing convicts or rapists or felons into your house. Oh, uh, well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, where do you actually start? You have someone that is not a member of the federal government, uh, not a member of the Department of Homeland Security or immigration. They, as far as we know, they have no degree in uh, sociology, sociology, no degree in psychiatry, no degree in medicine, no degree in law or law enforcement. You're asking a private individual citizen to take in someone that is an absolute complete stranger that has crossed illegally across the border. And I will not call them an immigrant, nor will I call them a migrant. I will call them exactly what they are. They are aliens. They are illegal aliens that crossed and committed a crime to cross over into our country to utilize our services and our goods and to, in this case, in many cases, abuse our citizens and then force us or well, actually, not at this point, it's voluntary. At this point, voluntary. Right. To turn around and say, excuse me, uh, dear migrant, um, come into my home, even though I have no idea who you are, what diseases you carry, or what your criminal history is, 
uh, what your purpose is for being here in these United States illegally, but come into my home. I will feed you. I will clothe you. And if you need to go around to social services or to the hospital or to the school to enroll your kid or to anywhere you'd like to go, I am here at your bidding. I saw a clip of one woman who did such a thing. She took this migrant family in from Haiti and she was so happy she had someone to cook for her. Well, the last time I knew that you had someone in your home working for you, it was called slavery, right? You're, mm -hmm. you're there to do a function, a job and not get paid for it. I'm sorry, this is wrong on both ends. Absolutely wrong on both ends. You're asking the average citizen, the taxpayer, to do the job that we ask the government to do, and that is enforce our borders and to secure legal migration. And instead, we have an invasion at the border. And by the way, we fought a revolution against that by having us, our American colonists, being forced to house and quarter the British soldiers against our will and wishes. And in one case, the atrocities committed by the British soldiers was so bad that once the colonists started to get their act together, began to prosecute them. And I will take the case of Abigail Palmer, a 13-year-old girl in a farm with her grandfather and two other friends and an aunt. The four women were brutally raped over a period of time by these soldiers. And you think that's not going to happen in today's day and age? And oh, the British are so civilized that the atrocities they committed where people lost their businesses, they were quartered in uh, alehouses, they were quartered in warehouses, the British soldiers. We were forced to give them goods and services, whether it was repairing their uniforms or feeding them. We were forced to do this for them. Are we on that same path? The reason why we fought the revolution and have the Third Amendment to protect us from having to quarter soldiers in time of peace or war in our homes and our businesses and our properties is this where we're heading because first you ask us voluntarily and when people won't do it voluntarily what's the next step government will force you to do it like the vaccination like the masks i i absolutely uh, agree with you i i look at it and i said okay how how can the government what is in place right now that would provide the information that the government needs to determine which houses they should take over. Census and tax rolls. That's it. Because they know how big a house you have. The census tells us how many people are in the house, how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms. And I, I, I see this problem. I think that the numbers that they're reporting that are coming in across the border and have been coming in across the border are misleading or an outright lie. And I think when you see New York and Chicago and Los Angeles and St. Louis and many other cities who have said we have run out of space, regardless if we have the money, we've run out of space. New York City has said, there's no more property to buy or rent. So what we're going to have to do is we're gonna to have to let people sleep on the streets because there is no room at the inn. And so we're gonna, we're gonna have people stepping over, people laying on the sidewalks. And now the problem of what's going on in New York State relative to the Trump trial and the fines that the state is putting on, 
and he, and he didn't he wasn't convicted of a crime that anybody was hurt it was a political crime it's it's also a situation where i think that that it is a matter of time and i think it could be and it could be before the election that we start seeing uh the government local governments taking houses and hotels or motels and and closing them down we know that they're in new york and on long island they're closing schools sending children home just to study remotely because they want the the classrooms to turn into shelters they're taking veterans out of veterans facilities turning them out on the streets again using them for uh, shelter for for illegals and it, it's what you said earlier about them taking over it, it is a situation i don't know what the number is there's got to be some kind of a number where it becomes even very dangerous about what can happen in our country with the number of illegals that are coming in well, I had the pleasure of interviewing Lois Rees from the Heritage Foundation, and she is the expert on immigration. And the numbers they're giving us is saying, oh, 7 million, maybe. Well, it's actually somewhere closer to 17 million and more, possibly. We mm -hmm. don't know about all the gotaways. We can only speculate. But she's saying it is above 17 million. And they're, as they're coming over, they're giving us little little piece of paper saying that you have to show up at immigration court on such and such a date. The date so far, because they are so backlogged, is now 10 years into the future, which means right. you have an illegal alien staying here within the United States using all goods and services paid for per courtesy of the taxpayer, you and me, forcibly, uh, without our complete consent. And 10 years down the road, do you think they're going to show up and say, well, I'm here illegally? Now, even when they do get to process them before the judges in court, we have just a handful of judges. And out of all the judges there, there's one law clerk for all the judges. Who's going to process all the paperwork? What about the other clerks that assist the law clerk, the staffing there? They're non-existent, basically. In essence, you've got them doing the job of a thousand people, and you've only got a handful of them doing it. Right. So these people will never get processed. And if they do, if it's, we're lucky if it's 10 years down the road, 20 years, 30 years. Meanwhile, we have been overrun. We have opened the door. We continue to fund the UN who has these agencies. They have now expanded within the United States to process these illegal immigrants and get them all of our government benefits. So the UN is getting rich on our money that is causing them to bring more of these illegal aliens across the border. We are funding our own invasion by funding the UN. And we're I, funding it through our own taxpayer dollars. Right. I, I agree with you. I, I look at it and say, um, given the amount of money in cash and or, or value of services, rent, food, utilities, that, that illegals are given why would they want to get a job you know, when they can live off the public goal? Uh, a number of years ago, there was a video put up. Um, I don't know what this what could have been Instagram or whatever. And this young woman in California was telling people how they can get 
live free on the government, getting Section 8 housing and food stamps and Medicaid and this and that and all these little things and the Obama phone. Um, all these benefits you can get off the federal government and you don't have to work a day in your life. And at that point, it was it was like a joke. All right, fine. Ha ha. That's funny. But in reality, when I look and I put this fast forward another five years, this is what the illegal immigration community is doing. The very same thing this woman put up on Instagram telling you how to get all these government goods and services. And now courtesy of our U.S. government, this administration, the Biden administration, the Obama administration, and in some cases, the Trump administration, and courtesy of the United Nations and their agencies facilitating the additional immigration. We are losing our nation. If we haven't already lost it. I mean, I, 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 I we got a minute and a half. I just want to use an example. When the Senate was, the Senate Democrats were debating in private with nobody around what their appropriations bill was going to look like, they had roughly 60 billion for Ukraine, they had uh, 40 billion for uh, Israel, and they had like $15 billion for border and customs. Schumer releases the bill on Sunday night, announces on Monday morning that they're going to vote on it on Wednesday. They vote on it Wednesday and it doesn't pass. So they go back to the drawing board, and the first thing that they cut, and the only thing they cut, was border funding. And nobody said anything about it. The news media didn't talk about it very much. Congressmen and senators didn't talk about it very much. But it was gone in a heartbeat, just gone. So yeah, we are, we're just about out of time in this segment. If you want to take us out? Okay, and we will be back in just a few moments after this break. And remember, please go to ashbrook.org forward slash constitution and get your free constitution and spread it around. Know what your rights are and know what we're fighting for. And we're out. Okay, let me reset here. Now we're going to talk about South Carolina. And you're going to talk about you're going to talk about the meeting that you went to on Monday. Oh, that was my Tea Party meeting. Your Tea Party meeting. And I want you to talk about how they reacted to Trump and his attack on Haley's uh, husband. Mm -hmm. I want I want the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Matter of fact, I got off of the phone with Nancy Mace's uh, campaign office about maybe half an hour before we came on air. We're trying to arrange a debate through the three primary candidates. Going to happen? We got two saying yes, just waiting on Mace to say yes. Did you see, happen to see this morning the story in Laura Ingram interviewed at a town, town meeting last night with Trump? No, I didn't. In, in South Carolina? And she, I, I heard about it and I didn't get to ca catch it. The thing I was interested in is that he talked about the people he's considering for a possible vice presidential candidate. All the usuals were there. Mm -hmm. There were two that, two that were there that I didn't think made sense. And one was kind of very, very interesting. The one that didn't make sense is Ron DeSantis. And the reason why it doesn't make sense is the Constitution says. Ah, uh, I got you there. What? I got you. If you remember, George Bush and Dick Cheney both came from Texas. So before 
Dick, before the election, Dick Cheney changed his state of residence. And all you have to do is have Donald Trump change his state of residence. And now you can have a president and vice president, even though they had at the time of the campaign resided in the same state. At the time of the election, they did not. Is the likely scenario that Donald Trump doesn't change his place, that uh, DeSantis, if he's the one and he wins, he'll have to resign as governor. He doesn't require to live in the state of Florida. Yeah. Now, however, here's the other trick. It is that the um, Electoral College cannot vote for two individuals from the same state as president and vice president. That's the Electoral College only. The general public can. Yeah. So the second surprise, which I thought was the most intriguing, Chelsea Gabbard. Uh, if they want her to switch parties permanently and become a good conservative, she would not be a bad choice. She would also unite the never Trumpers. No, I, I thought it was interesting. She said she's an independent. She's no longer a Democrat. She left the Democratic Party because of their policies and the way she was treated when she ran for president. Um, <clears throat> she's, I think, uh, uh, maybe a very interesting. She's minority. She's female. Military. And, and military. I mean, I, yeah, I think you got a lot of good stuff working there. Okay, let's go back. Here we go. Whenever you're ready. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, and we're back. We're mm -hmm. here with Bombs of Course America. And as I said, Vicki Tompkins is a little bit busy with the primary coming up in her state. So she will be joining us shortly in the next couple of uh, shows. I'm Annie Yabellas, the co-host, along with the producer of the show, the alternative mom. <laughs> I can't resist that <laughs> one, Dan Perkins. Thank you. Um, we we just finished a really good conversation about illegal immigration and the government, uh, state governments wanting to put illegal immigrants in your house and want you to take care of them. Um, by the way, I didn't find anything that talked about getting any kind of a stipend from the government to put them in your house, but no, wasn't no. there. It, it, it may be there, but it wasn't in the articles that I saw. Um, Miss Annie happens to live in South Carolina, and on this coming Saturday, they're having their presidential preference primary, which is different than a general primary. Now, I wanted to ask Annie some questions about it. I just I want to go. To a very specific question. In my state of Florida, because a candidate has withdrawn from the election, their name is not removed from the ballot. In South Carolina, all those people who were on the ballot before who have suspended their campaigns, will their name still be on the primary ballot? Do you know? As far as I know, they will be. Um, as a matter of fact, the last time I pulled up the sample ballot was about last month, so I haven't checked recently. But um, if the ballots are printed at the time, the names are not removed, they're not reprinted. So whatever was on the ballot at the time that was printed stays on the ballot. So yes, you have a chance to vote for Ron DeSantis or Van Vic, Vivek Ramaswamy or whoever else, or Chris Christie, oh, my favorite, <laughs> <laughs> as you can tell. Um, but 
people in South Carolina are strongly aware that there's only two candidates out there, and it's Nikki Haley and Donald Trump. So it'll be essentially between that. And he is still leading her in the polls. Um, Has his made, lead shrunk? His, not, not that noticeably, but I host still a Tea Party meeting. And yes, we've been in existence since 2009 and still active here. Um, and one of the major concerns, because we had one of the candidates running for congressional districts, uh, seat number one, which is hold, held by Congresswoman Nancy Mace currently, and one of her challenges and one of the leading questions of the evening was immigration. And you would think it would be the economy, it would be something different, uh, the war in Ukraine or Israel. The number one issue was immigration, because immigration basically affects everything in the economy, whether it's jobs, whether it's availability of housing, uh, services, uh, police response. Uh, how many more calls are you going to have because of the increased influx of illegal immigrants within the state? And if someone says, well, you're not a border state because you're in South Carolina, number one, every state is a border state. Every state has an international airport. It may not be on the southern border or the northern border, but there's international traffic access to it. And those immigrants coming over the southern border illegally, I'm not sorry, illegal uh, immigrants, I should say properly aliens coming across illegally are being transported to all of the other states, whether you're aware of it or not, in the middle of the night. So your state is being invaded, just as Texas and Louisiana and Arizona and New Mexico and California and Florida. Not just the southern states are border states. Every state is a border state, and this is an issue in every state. Was it um, <clears throat> was it a heated discussion, or was it such a overwhelming majority of the people felt that that was an important issue that people were speaking their mind, but they weren't necessarily angry? Uh, no, they were angry. I honestly, I would say they were polite, they were civil, but you could hear the anger and in the tone of the questions. Um, many of the people here in South Carolina are former or active military. And when you see veterans being treated as third-class citizens and you find illegal aliens being treated as first-class citizens, there's anger. When you find goods and services at the VA are far fewer than what you're giving to an illegal alien, there is anger. When you find jobs not being available because illegal aliens are getting these jobs for cash under the table, or they're getting these little passes courtesy of the government work permits to take those jobs away from American citizens, you see anger. When you see housing being denied because they have to house these illegal aliens in your community, you see anger. And there is a lot of anger out there. When you see an invasion of over 17 million illegal aliens coming across the border and you see a decrease in goods and services, you see an increase in taxes, you see an increase in the cost of living, you see anger. Do you think that the people who are what's your Tea Party meeting believe that Donald Trump can make a difference? They definitely do. Nikki Haley or Donald Trump, anyone is better than President Biden. Even Chris Christie? <laughs> <laughs> You're I'm crossing sorry. the line I, here. I, I couldn't resist that. 
<laughs> you're crossing the line. I, I, because we are doing a public show, I will give you the code name I have for him. <laughs> when I see it, my my husband kind of laughs and goes, "Oh yeah, you got you nailed it." <laughs> so, um, the people of South Carolina. Now, I remember that you told us several weeks ago, you described how the state is broken down conservative and liberal. The coastal areas tend to be conservative and the mountainous areas tend to be liberal. Did I get that right? Not necessarily. It depends upon how the community is built. You find the more urban areas uh, will have more of a tendency to be a little bit more liberal, um, such as Charleston. Even though they have, in the first time, I believe, in 150 years, elected a Republican as a mayor in Charleston. So, wow. hooray for Charleston, you're waking up. Um, but the, overall, the state tends to be very red. And you will have pockets of liberalism in certain urban, artsy communities. But it was South Carolina who launched Biden in 2020. Well, you can say that courtesy of out of the city of Charleston, the current congressman from that district, Clyburn. He has that much influence in the state. He does. He does. And what will um, he do? What will he do about the, the Republican primary? Uh, surprisingly, he's kind of quiet. He did come out for Biden early on in the campaign, but I haven't seen him sticking his head up above the foxhole right now. Do the people from the Tea Party that were at your meeting on Monday, uh, and I'm not trying to set you up, I'm just asking a question. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I don't have a reputation of setting people up, but <laughs> the, the Christie, I had no choice. I had to catch that softball and go after it. Um, have, have the people in your Tea Party organization, um, what is their, on a current basis, as of last Monday night, what is their opinion of uh, President Biden? Oh, to a person, dislike. Uh, they're, they're upset with the way they see. As I said, this is a heavy military community in this area. We've got the Paris Island Marine Corps Recruit Depot training the Marines to here. Uh, we have the Marine Corps Air Station that you can constantly hear their flights going overseas. And we pray each time our military men and women gear up for a, for a deployment. Um, we have the Naval Hospital that treats them as they come back. We have a heavy retirement community of military veterans here. Um, and when they see all the hard work they have done to secure this nation being thrown out the window by a president um, who, when he ran for office, I said it was elder abuse. He should never have gone. I, you could see at that point his mental capacities were decreasing by the day and since he has been in office it has just gotten worse uh if you if the american public cannot see it and if the news media would not admit to it then they are truly not journalists and they are traitors to their craft uh, if, to be a true journalist you have to look at it from both sides and even though you may disagree with what you see you have to give the facts and we're not seeing it was there any discussion at your Monday meeting on the Biden uh, report on his uh, his protection of confidential records and his uh, uh, his description 
personal profile description of the um, prosecuting attorney? You know, it, we looked at it as exactly as it is. It is a political ploy to destroy an adversary. Never in this history of the United States has anyone gone after a political opponent in such a manner. And someone was passing around this meme, this joke, and it was, I'm going to paraphrase it because I'm probably going to screw it up, but and there is a country out there where it's either United States or Russia, and the the leader of that country is jailing their opponents. Anyone that speaks out against them, they are jailing them. They are prosecuting them. They are doing everything and anything to, to quell their voice. And then there's Russia. Right. right. And, and when we're looking at our own nation on par with what the Soviets have done and what Vladimir Putin is still doing by just executing one of his opponents that has been sitting in jail for the last several years, are we any better than the Soviet Union? And the Soviet Union still exists with Vladimir Putin as premier. That's a very good question. Are we any better than the Soviet Union? Are we any better than China? And have we grown as a nation from our revolutionary roots where we fought and protected the rights of the individual that were being violated by the British soldiers, having their properties confiscated having their services, goods and services confiscated, having their women violated, having the political, having their soldiers that were imprisoned in the prisoner war camp being subjected to plague. And when they got out, the wounds from the torture, from the starvation were well documented, but we don't talk about that anymore. We say it was a nice, clean revolution. No, it was a dirty, nasty revolution. And we're facing that now. And our political opponents are doing this to us now. Is there a breaking point for the American people, Annie? I, I fear that there may be. If we don't turn it around with this election, and our battle has to be at the battle box, and I pray we succeed at the battle box so that we do not degenerate into something that I fear the most. So Biden seems to be feel very confident that he's going to win re-election. And I got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell him. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> but they're the masters of manipulating the ballot box. Yeah, and we're already seeing uh, threats of another incoming medical disaster. Uh, there's been rumors about the return to masks, return to absentee voting and mail-in ballots. And we're hearing all those rumors. and folks. We've got to stay on alert, and we've got to make this a ballot box battle. So get out there in person and vote. And if you see something wrong, say something. Well, unfortunately, dear lady, we're out of time. It went <laughs> by really, really fast. So um, thank you for being with us today. My and pleasure. You, you know what the closing is. Well, we encourage everyone to go to ashbrook.org forward slash constitution, get your copy of the constitution and get episodes of this at danperkinsmedia.org. Until then, I say good night and God bless in liberty. Thank you. We'll be right back. Bang, right on the button. Super. Thank you. Um, as I understand it, Vicki is, is 
uh, her position is she is chairman of uh, El Paso County, which is the largest county in Colorado. Yeah. And she's working on uh, turning out the vote and trying to um, prepare people for how the Supreme Court, whatever they decide that, that it can be implemented. So I don't know when she'll be back, but it may be just you and I for a couple of weeks more. Right. Uh, and it's fine. I don't mind. I enjoy talking with you. <laughs> All right. We always so, had fun when you came on my show. So, you know, yep, I, should, I don't change. I should come back and do your show again. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay. Thank you. Have a great weekend and we'll talk next week. Well, enjoy. God bless Thank you. Bye.